Welcome to the St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows podcast channel. The sermon you are about to hear is from our worship service on January 7th, 2024. For more information about the community and ministries of St. Mark's, you can visit our website, smlutheran.org. There you will find the full online worship service from which this sermon is taken. And if you would like to contribute financially to help sustain the ministries at St. Mark's, you'll find information on how to do that there as well. And now, here's Pastor Siggy Helgeson with a gospel reading. The Gospel according to Matthew chapter 2. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, For so it has been written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me words that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard this, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star had stopped, They were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their country by another road. The Gospel of our Lord. Well, I'm wondering, when was the last time you can remember looking up at the night sky, looking at the stars? Perhaps it was when there was a comet scheduled to cross the sky, or maybe you've been fortunate enough to actually witness the northern lights as they lit up the sky, projecting their amazing colors across the horizon. The conditions have to be just right. A clear sky, minimal light pollution, so one can actually see the stars in the black of night. Well, last October, uh, a group of us went up to Holden Village, which I know many of you know, but in case you don't, it's a small retreat center way up in the mountains. And we had gone up there to uh, work at the fall work week. 
And while there, uh, we ended up with some amazing weather, perfect weather, to look up and see the stars. And you know, the stars seem even brighter up in the mountains, there, where there's little competition for one's attention. No internet and very little lights, so it was truly dark at night. And while it was awesome to look up at the night sky as we sat in the hot tub, I know, it's a beautiful picture, it was quite nice, right after evening prayer, a regular ritual. I highly recommend it. It was even more amazing through a telescope that was set up one evening. And through the lens of that telescope, one could see distant planets and constellations that we would never have seen with the naked eye. Well, it made me think about uh, today's story from Matthew, that familiar story about the Magi who noticed a star in the sky. And I wondered how they, how they came to notice it. Did they have some kind of uh, ancient telescope to help them see the stars? And what prompted them to follow it? Was it just particularly bright to be noticed? And then I wondered, how do we notice the stars in our own lives that illumine our paths? Or do we? You know, is there too much light pollution or too many clouds that block us from seeing those lights? Well, back to that in a moment. The Epiphany story from Matthew is very well known, often read in our Christmas services and especially popular for Christmas pageants. I wonder how many of you uh, remember playing one of the wise men or were among that group in a pageant, always three of them bringing gifts forward to lay at the manger where baby Jesus was. You might have a whole bunch of shepherds, a chorus of angels, but there were always only three kings. Even in Antivity scene, you can only find three kings. But I want you to lay aside this picture for a moment and notice in Matthew's story, it doesn't include how many there were. Oh. And in fact, it might have been a whole caravan, including women and maybe children and their servants. For Matthew, Jesus is born in Bethlehem because that's where he lives, in a house. So unlike Luke's gospel, instead of poor shepherds who receive the news from angels in the nearby fields outside of Bethlehem, Matthew has kings, magi, wise men coming from the east, making a long journey, following a star, and arriving much later than the night when Jesus is born. Okay, so now that I have completely ruined the Christmas story for you, don't throw away your nativity sets. Uh, what can we learn from this account in Matthew? Well, as Eugene Peterson writes in his introduction in the message translation, he says, the story of Jesus doesn't begin with Jesus. God had been at work for a long time. Salvation, which is the main business of Jesus, is an old business. 
Jesus is the coming together in final form of themes and energies and movements that had been set in motion before the foundation of the world. Think about that. Like creating a star millions of years ago set to appear at just the right moment. Well, Matthew connects Jesus with the ancient prophecy. So we heard in Isaiah and in the Psalms. The, the kings are the ones who follow this ancient prophecy. And they see that Jesus is the Messiah, the anointed one, Emmanuel, a king who would come to save his people, and not only Israel, but the whole world. So these kings come to seek out this child and worship him. They've seen the star, but not any star, a significant one, one that signaled the birth of someone who would be a great king. And believing this, following the star, they're led to Jerusalem and go to the palace, which is where one would expect to find a newborn king. But nothing could be further from the, from the truth. And when King Herod hears of this, instead of greeting it with joy, he is troubled, fearful, and all Jerusalem with him. Because if your king is troubled, you know there will be trouble. Herod's court priests and scribes find out exactly where this baby is supposed to be born as they look in the scripture and they come up with the location in Bethlehem. And it's only after King Herod finds out when they first saw the star does he send these stargazers on their way to find the child and then commands them to report back to him. These stargazers now have been redirected to Bethlehem. And then they see it again. The bright star comes out to guide them and leads them right to the place where the child was. And we read, at that moment, they were filled with joy. When the Magi find the child, they kneel and worship him, offering gifts fit for a king. And then, being warned in a dream, they do not go back to Herod, but go home by another road. Well, I love this epiphany story because it seems so much like what happens in life. You know, you may think you're headed in a certain direction, and you even have done the best planning, and you still may end up getting lost and have to ask for directions. Or if you're using GPS, that annoying little rerouting or recalculating that redirects you. Well, this story is a good one, I feel, as we enter a new year to ask the question, what or who will guide you on your journey this year. What I noticed reading the story this time is really a contrast between two different ways of following, two different contrasts between uh, the reactions to the newborn king, two ways of being. 
One like Herod, who's fearful of a threat to his throne and wants to hold on to power at any cost. And the other, like the wise ones, who followed the star eagerly and were filled with joy when they find the Christ child. Well, if I'm honest, sometimes I have to admit I don't like to follow. I don't like to be directed. And if I admit to myself, uh, you know, I feel like I know the way. Thank you very much. And sort of like Herod, I don't want to give up any perceived power I might have. I want to hold on and protect my kingdom. But I also find that I have this desire to follow the light, to follow the star like the wise ones, and to give myself over to the Christ child, to seek his ways, and to offer my gifts to him. The Herod in me wants to sit on the throne and rule and hoard all of my gifts. But the wiser one kneels at the manger, worshiping the true king who brings salvation, light, and love. These two ways of being are evident, I think, in our world. And I also find them within me. So when I feel lost or afraid along the journey, or I'm being uh, redirected, I give thanks to God for hanging a star and sending Jesus into the world to light the way, to be the light of the world. Well, as we look ahead to this new year, there is much to anticipate. Perhaps in your own life, you are anticipating hearing a diagnosis, or maybe you're anticipating a move, or a job change, or retirement, or entering the new year without a loved one. As we anticipate here at St. Mark's, calling a new pastor to lead, guide, and walk with us. And in our country, we anticipate electing a president this year. And we don't know who will lead and guide us in our country. So many unknowns can cause us to be fearful, anxious, troubled. Well, there are times when we may feel overwhelmed by events in our own lives or in the world, and it might seem like the thick fog that you can't see through or, or clouds that cover the sky that make seeing the light or the stars almost impossible. So when the fog of uncertainty threatens and the way seems unclear, where do you see the light to guide you? Where do you find hope? Who bears the light for you? Well, I want to say that you, dear church, you are the light. You are a light for me. You are a light for each other as we follow the light of the world in Jesus.
And we know that earthly kings like Herod will disappoint us. But the king born in Bethlehem will guide us even through the cloudy, foggy, dense days when it doesn't seem like we'll ever be able to find our way. This king offers us a way, a different road to travel by, a way of love instead of hate, a way of understanding instead of divisiveness, a way of peace instead of war. He came to bring the light, God's epiphany, to make manifest God's love, to demonstrate with his life a different way, a different path, a different road by which to walk, and his light shines brightly. So as we enter this new year, this season of epiphany, I invite you to take time to look up at the night sky, to notice the stars, and to remember the story, the wise ones who followed the star. And may we too follow this light, this GPS, God's perfect son, to guide our path. Amen. You've been listening to the St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows podcast channel. Thanks for joining us.